Welcome to Bell Curve, brought to you by Higher Echelon Incorporated, a consulting firm dedicated to being the premier trusted partner in organizational excellence through offerings and human capital services and transformational technology solutions that help clients go higher and achieve more. Learn more at higherechelon.com. I'm Rachel Breyers, joined by Mary Scott Hunter and Liz Bashirs. And y'all, we are actually less than one month away from it not being 2020 anymore. Thank you, baby Jesus. Yes. <laughs> Goodness. Yes, we are nearing the end of 2020, which has been a year that has taken a toll on most of us in at least some area of our lives. And perhaps two of those areas, for many, have been in the areas of our bodies. So think the Corona Teen 15 or in the area of, <laughs> of work. If maybe you own a business or work in a small business, which many of our listeners do, or were otherwise professionally impacted by COVID-19. So today, we're actually going to hone in on those two areas, bodies and business, and how to be healthy in both, because we have a really special guest who has special expertise in in both. So you really get a two-for-one special today, two topics for one episode. So let me go ahead and say hi to Sarah Longshore Hayes. Welcome to Bell Curve, Sarah. Hi, thank you. I'm excited to be here with you guys. So Sarah is the founder and owner of Empire Fitness, which has multiple locations in North Alabama. She is a graduate of the University of Alabama with a master's degree in exercise physiology. Y'all can cheer Mary Scott and Liz. I know you want to. Oh, I know. She's like awesome. (laughs) So Sarah has finished in the top 10 for five consecutive years in the World CrossFit Open with a first place in the World Finish. And I don't think I can adequately convey what a big deal that is. And I'm Sarah's very humble, so she wouldn't do it either. So I, I thought maybe to put this into perspective, Sarah, I want to give our listeners some context for how strong you are. So why don't you give us some of your one rep maxes in the following categories? How okay. much? Yeah. How much can you deadlift? Uh, 415 pounds. Holy moly. Like, That's awesome. Wrap, wrap your minds that around that. That is awesome. Okay. Right, hold on. How much can you bench press? Uh, 220. Mm, okay. Clean and jerk. Uh, 205. Oh my goodness. And your back squat? My back squat, I would say it's 285. It used to be higher, but I have a knee injury. So 285. Oh my goodness. Okay. So really, and if you could see Sarah, she's also just gorgeous and looks like a little cheerleader. So I just like admire the heck out of this lady. She's strong. She's fierce. She owns a business. She keeps all of us in line. I go to the gym that she owns and it's been a big part of my journey in the past year and a half that I've talked probably ad nauseum on the show about just how much my life has changed by getting back into fitness. Sarah is also a CrossFit level two trainer. She's a Les Mills body pump, RPM grit, just like Liz and body combat instructor. And I've also observed and watched her leadership and entrepreneurial skills as she runs her business. So I thought it would be fun for us to kind of break this interview into those two parts and ask you, Sarah, for first, your top five tips to have a healthy business. And then I want to go into your top five tips to have a healthy body. So let's start with the business tips so that maybe anyone who's sort of munching on a donut while they listen has time to (laughs) enjoy it and finish it up before we dive into why you shouldn't eat donuts. Are y'all right before we started this? (laughs) 
I said, Liz, what are you eating? Yeah. We still somehow have some Halloween candy in the house. And I had a little baby almond joy oh, right before we sat down. <laughs> Rachel, what do you have? I need to see. Did you have a snack? Oh, I just had a Lara bar. So it had uh, three ingredients. You be, you be proud of me? Okay. <laughs> I am drinking an off-brand LaCroix, Kroger's seltzer water, cranberry oh, lime. Okay. So that's, that's, that's a good I was good. I had a shake for lunch. Very good. See? I got like a, like a, like a healthy shake with greens and protein powder and all that. Not like a shake from McDonald's. Uh, good. Although I'm not opposed to a shake from McDonald's, but <laughs> I might be after this show. Oh, no. Well, and before you, let me ask you this first, before you go into your business tips, I, I do want you to kind of share your specific unique story about how you got into the fitness industry and what led you to opening your first gym here in Huntsville, because it, it's a very neat story. So tell us that, and then let's go into your tips. Okay. So I was in college at the University of Alabama, Real Tide, and I... Uh, was in fitness. I thought I wanted to be a school teacher. Um, my undergraduate degree was in health and physical education. And during that time, I knew I was going on uh, to graduate school. And in graduate school, I actually started teaching uh, health and fitness at a junior college there in Tuscaloosa. And during the summer, you know, we taught in uh, fall and uh, spring semesters. So during that summer, a local gym uh, manager kept recruiting me, like, we really need you to work at the gym. Like, and I was like, well, I'm really busy. You know, I'm going to be a school teacher. And uh, so I, was, I really didn't think I had time for it. So I said, okay, I'll give you the summer. And I went in over the summer and they were talking to me about doing meals. Of course, you know, I'm like, I've never sold anything in my life. I would not be good at it. Um, so I did it that summer and I excelled really fast. And they immediately, I loved it. I was like, oh, this is exactly what I want to do. I was already teaching group fitness at the time. And um, so it just kind of like God just kept opening doors. And I started with there and I was immediately advanced into management, um, you know, moved to general manager. Then they moved me around the Southeast to different gyms to, I would go in and basically uh, pick the gym up. If there was a struggling gym or a gym that was not meeting our standards, I would go in and help that gym get ready and get back on track. Um, and that's just kind of, it was just kind of an upward spiral and it didn't even stop. I didn't even look back. And then, you know, uh, 10 years later, I'm like, oh my gosh, where is, has all this time go? So fast forward to 2009, my mother was diagnosed with breast cancer and she was given less than a 20% survival rate. And at that point, I was like, I have to leave. I have to go. I have to stop this. I need to, you know, I'm leaving actually next week. And I'm moving to Huntsville. And I'm going to be there with my mom. And so I get here in Huntsville. And I was like, oh, this is fun. I need a job. I need a place to live. Uh, so I immediately went to work. I knew what I did best. And I opened up a gym um, actually three months later. And uh, 10 years later now, uh, we've been open here in Empire, and we've opened up three other locations since then. So my mom did. Um, she was a survivor for 10 years. She actually passed away last year, um, but she was a fighter, and I was excited that I was here to be, you know, with her during all that. Mm, what a great story. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That was awesome. And good job. And your mom 
given given what her prognosis was, it sounds like she fought hard. Oh, absolutely. Amazing. And I actually remember your very first location. It was in a T, like the TJ Maxx shopping center here in Huntsville. I remember seeing it all the time. And then you had this huge opening of your new facility. And I drove past it every single day, which was part of what guilted me into being like, I've got to go to the gym. Good. I'm glad you finally made it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So give us your top five business tips. Okay. So reflecting back on everything, I feel like the number one thing that every business owner and needs to do, or I don't want to say must or should do, but we always have to grow ourselves. So by growing yourself, constantly evolving, uh, constantly getting better, saying, you know, the fitness industry, it constantly changes. There are constant trends. There are um, different uh, things that come out, you know, research. And so always growing yourself personally to make sure that you're not just stuck in that old school mindset and you stay up with the trends. And I really feel like part of that is being Christ centered. You know, when I first started making our core values, um, I was looking at, you know, honesty, hard work, teamwork, integrity, all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, you know what? Core value number one is to be Christ-centered because what other standard could we have that would supersede that? And um, so I think always growing yourself personally um, is number one. The second one I have is lead with passion in what you do. I am a big believer in be relentless. Um, There are no options not to succeed. If you are in what you love and you are are in it to serve others, which I truly believe that's what we do here. We are serving others to make them better, to make them healthier, and honestly, just make them have a good time. There's so much stress out there in the world now. So our number one thing when people walk in our door is we want it to be the best hour of their day. We want it to be a, a time that they can come in and forget about the rest of the world and just have time to focus on themselves. So lead with passion is number two. Number three is focus. And Rachel, you've probably heard say before in conversation, but focus on your own four walls. So many times when I'm dealing with, when I'm, when I'm working with gym owners specifically, I hear them say, well, this new gym is opening up down the street. And, you know, this big um, outfit is coming in things like you know, focus on your own four walls, be the best that you can be. And that's really all you can control, right? I think that's the same thing as a vegan athlete um, is you can just be your best and that's all you can give. And if someone beats you or if there's a competitor out there that is better than you, then it's time for you to step up your game and do your best. So number four is focus on your own walls. Uh, Number four, I'm sorry, that was number three. Number four is keep the main thing the main thing. So keeping our focus is on health and fitness. So that is exactly what we want to work on. When we have a client that comes in and, you know, say they're having, um, you know, whatever issues going on, we want to focus on our main thing is health and fitness. So keep the main thing the main thing. And number five is make sure that your team is aligned with your vision. So everyone needs to be pointing in the same direction. And as a leader in the business, you have to make sure that you let them know exactly what that direction is. 
We can't assume that people know, you know, different. Uh, the fitness industry is very dominated with type A personalities. Uh, if you're a group fitness instructor, a personal trainer, um, you're probably a type A. And so we have to make sure that we communicate well. Yes, I figured, Liz. Yes. We need to make sure we communicate well and we let them know, hey, this is where we are. This is where we're going. This is our vision and this is who we are. Um, so keep your team aligned with your vision is number five. Let me dig into that a little bit, even thinking of it through the lens of not just owning a business, but being part of a business, working in a business. What are some of those mindset tips you have that can make anybody improve and in their focus or just in their ability to be a good team member? I think that you really have to buy in. You know, you really have to make sure that your team buys in to your vision. And I say this often in a sarcastic, loving, kind way, but some people just don't make the team. You know, we'll have great people come through and, you know, I've made some great hires and I've made some bad hires. However, it's not saying that they're not great people, but they just didn't make the team. Um, they weren't aligned with our vision. Maybe they didn't have our characteristics are true. We want to push that we care, care, care. We honestly, um, I never want a member to feel like they're just an, another member, a number when they come in. So we want to know their names. We want to know what they do, where they live, what their real goals are. I even have my personal clients um, will send me a picture of what they want to look like. You know, find something on the internet or on Instagram of what you want to look like and send that to me because I want to know. I don't want to just assume that that's what you want to look like. So I really think that team aligning with the, the vision um, is important. So you talked about focusing on your own four walls and in number three, but also growing yourself and kind of knowing what the trends are and staying ahead of the trends so I suppose there's a balance in there, right? Because, you know, on the one hand, you do want to be integrated. You want to be keeping an eye on competition, integrating, you know, for a competitive advantage situation, which is the business you definitely are in. Right. Um, so kind of how, how have you, have you struggled with that balance? Have you, have you found a way to, you know, have you, have you found yourself tipping to one side or the other and kind of bringing yourself back? Talk about that a little bit. So I do believe that knowledge is power. And I do think that in a leadership role, you have to be aware of what, you know, other businesses are out there, what other gyms are doing, what other people are doing in the fitness industry. Uh, but I don't think that you need to live in that area. I think that it all comes out with balance. Um, I try to spend a couple of hours a day. Well, one, I have a coach, so a mental performance coach that kind of keeps me aligned and in um in the right mindset so that I can make sure that I'm leading and my expectations of my staff that I'm meeting up to those expectations too. But also at the same time, like take them away from that. I will spend the extra time to do that stuff so that they don't, they don't have the, um, the wasted time, I guess, if you will, to don't worry about anything else. You just do what is on your checklist. You take care of the members. I'll worry about all that stuff. Um, but it does require um, a little bit of mental toughness for me and the fact that I have enough confidence in what we do and how we perform and how we produce that I, if any if any big gym or anything like that comes in, we're going to be okay. 
It's just maybe it's a confidence thing, but, and I want my staff to have that too. I want them to know, I want them to be comfortable. I want them to understand that we've got this, you know, when COVID hits um, immediately, everyone, especially my other managers and other locations, they're freaking out. You know, they're thinking, Oh gosh, um, you know, are we going to have jobs? Are we going to stay open? And it never even crossed my mind that, there was anything other we're going to keep going we're just going to find a new way to do it mm-hmm. um, and so we immediately flipped the switch to we we honestly did not even miss a beat we were not closed for one day um, we opened our doors lended out all the gym equipment literally the gym here in madison is twenty five thousand square feet and we had no equipment left we every single member had gym equipment we um, brought in an engineer that built us a software platform that we could fit live all of our classes and the instructors would come in and teach um, live stream classes. And that really just took off. Wow. Yeah. I want to ask you when I think about what it takes to be a fitness instructor, I mean, you said that you have a coach, but ultimately you're, you're coaching members and you're also leading in your organization and coaching your employees what do you think is the key to motivating other people? I mean, the industry you're, you're in, the tagline could be motivating others so, to do hard things. So kind of what are the keys to motivating people? I think leading by example, like they need to see you leading from the front. And it's funny that you asked me that because this weekend we have our new body pump release. And as an instructor, um, I'm going to spend a lot of time I'm tonight studying choreography and learning choreography and my husband often gets super frustrated with me because I spend a lot of time on that and I'm always telling him like I have to set the example so I expect the rest of the instructors to know their choreography and therefore I cannot come in and not know mine so just leading by example in everything that we do is I'm never going to ask anyone on my team to do something that I'm not willing to do or I'm not already doing I think that goes really well into this next section because it's kind of cookie season. It's party platter season. What else? It's spinach dip season. That's my favorite. So let's talk a little bit about the the other side of this, your top five tips for having a healthy body really year round, um, not just in this particular season. Sarah, if you can help me not eat my way to the bottom of Rachel's spinach dip next time she brings it over, you know, like um, I park myself in front of the spinach dip when Rachel brings it. And as soon as I can, I whisk it off to the refrigerator and hide it so I can eat the rest later by myself. <laughs> Love spinach dip. Yeah, so spinach dip is probably not the worst thing that you can eat. Um, But so my first tip would be, and this is something I work directly with a lot of people specifically for nutrition. And the first thing is I found that it works best if people have the mindset of an 80-20 rule. So 80% of the time, do your best. Make good food choices. 20% of the time, have your spinach dip, have your cookie, you know, have your glass of wine. Um, and that seems to work really well for most people. Um, oftentimes too, when someone starts a nutrition journey, which is the number one, you know, a lot of people think it's workout, but really nutrition is first. And, um, when people start that journey, I allow them to eat whatever they want. So I want you to eat whatever you want. These are the numbers that I want you to stay in. And that starts that process of changing those um, habits, if you will. And then when they eat spinach dip or a cookie or they 
pig out on Thanksgiving. They don't feel bad because they've spent all year 80% doing good. So I think giving yourself permission, letting yourself know it's okay to have that spinach dip. And if you're not okay with that, then you're going to suffer those consequences, right? So go ahead and let yourself know I'm giving myself permission to eat this. and I'm going to be okay with eating that. So that 80-20 rule oh, is important. Thank you. However, I told my class this morning, I said, you guys, holidays, it's two days. You have Thanksgiving Day and you have Christmas Day, right? That's two days out of the year. So don't turn it into a whole month and don't beat yourself up if you eat something you're not supposed to do. So two days, that's it. So the second one is move every day. And this is something that literally could be like walk to your mailbox or get up and just get outdoors or do a couple of sit-ups, but do something every day. I believe, and obviously with my mom having cancer, I did tons of research um, in cancer when it comes to nutrition and exercise and all that kind of stuff. So it is so important for us for overall health, not only really for the way we look, but our bodies to move our bodies. There's um, you guys have probably heard in the past, like physical therapy and things like that. When you have an injury, rest it. Well, now the research is showing, no, move. Rachel, you probably heard me say this in class. Uh, we're not going to the nursing home, right? So I need you guys not to move like you're going to the, the nursing home. And uh, just keeping that mindset that you still keep moving like a teenager and keep moving like your kids move because we can if we want to. So move every day. The third one Mary Scott, you're probably not going to like this. Well, no, it's not you as much as Liz because she had that almond joy. But number three is avoid sugar. So there are so many things that go on in a healthy body that sugar is just the white death. Hmm. And it is, I know, it is. Um, I know, I know. I know. It's <laughs> we like, all know. <laughs> so we've actually been digging into this a lot um, with the holidays coming up, but it's, it's really something that it's not even really about like the way you look again, it's much more about health, even like brown spots on your skin. You, you guys know, yeah, you probably, I mean, us as women, we watch our skin and things. So as we age, when people have brown spots, not moles, but like aging spots, that's caused by sugar. And if you look at, cancer, chronic disease, heart disease, the number one feeder for all those things, that's sugar. Um, and I'll give you guys, I'll give you, I know, I'll give you a visual real quick. So if you take a glass of water and you put something with a lot of sugar in it, so like, let's just say Coca-Cola or um, a candy bar or bread or crackers, because all those process into sugar, right? Think about the way it looks in water. It's gooey. It's like, soft. That's what it does under our skin because our bodies are 60% water, right? So that's sugar. I know it's a good visual though. It, yeah. That is a great, that's highly motivating. And you know what I have to laugh at is that, you know, I, I kind of perked up when you said that about the, the brown spots. Like sometimes we're just motivated when it affects the way we look. So I'm like, exactly. oh, I got to stop yeah. eating sugar completely. It causes brown spots. Yeah. Sad, but true. Sad, yeah. but true. Yeah. And all the Kirby's out there are going, yep. Yes. <laughs> and it, it also, I mean, the research has shown that sugar is an addiction and is mm -hmm. actually harder to get people off of um, than cocaine. So that is how addictive it is um, and for our bodies. So it's very important that we do our best to limit the sugar. 
Uh, the fourth one is uh, get out in the sunshine. So, you know, you hear a lot that um, avoid the sun, skin cancer, all that stuff. We need 20 minutes of sunshine a day. Um, vitamin D is so important, um, especially for women. Most women, we find that um, vitamin D is low in most women. And you can simply cure that by just getting out every day for 20 minutes, get some sunshine and get your feet in the grass. There's a lot when it comes to grounding your body to the earth. So bare feet in the grass, in the sunshine, and it, it overall health is just better. And the fifth one is self-awareness. So being present every day, be where your feet are, um, having that mindfulness of a healthy body. Like I often hear people talking about eating, you know, I'm a big believer in not eating out of a can or out of a box. I believe that if God did not create it, then it should not go into our bodies. Now, I'm not saying that that's the way I eat 100% of the time because I'm human and, you know, we have to have snacks occasionally. And it's hard to eat that way. However, um, just being aware, um, having that self-awareness, being present. You know, when you're, uh, I get on, uh, Rich is here with us, and I get on to him often in spin class because he'll be listening to a podcast or music or something when spin class is going on, I'm like, I need you to feel the pain and I need you to be uncomfortable right now and wish that you're not here because be where you are right now in this moment is so important for an overall healthy body because our mind is so much more powerful than our body. And it's so important to keep that number five mindfulness and self-awareness. Well, what is your advice for people who where they are is parked in front of a desk for seven, eight, nine, maybe 10 hours a day. So getting to your idea of making sure to move, to get outside, to be present, what what would you say to somebody who, just the circumstances of their life, they're, they're very sedentary if they're not careful? Yes, and that's very common. Um, I think a detailed daily schedule, as I talked about with uh, personal stuff, is so important. Like, being intentional in everything that you do. So when you wake up in the morning, go outside, uh, get your every, literally every 15 minutes of your day, have that scheduled out. And I have a lot of clients that work at a desk and they're in an office for nine hours a day, maybe at home or they're back at work now. And I ask them to one, I want five minutes a day that they journal about themselves or about whatever. It's more of a discipline thing. So I want five minutes you to open up a book or your phone or your computer and spend with yourself. And then the second thing is set an alarm to get up. So when you're at your desk, you know, we all can get carried away with working on um, desk work, if you will. And just set yourself an alarm every hour, get up and do 10 squats or get up and go walk down the hall or get up and go to the bathroom, you know, whatever, but just, set yourself into that routine to where you're changing that habit, really. Tara, you know, I'm just, our curvies don't have the benefit of, of looking at you, but you're gorgeous, you're blonde, you have your makeup on. Um, you know, the things that you're talking about today are, you know, I think it's it would be hard for some people to go from where they are to where you want them to be. I can you give us a peek behind the curtain? Like, let's go back to March, 2020. There had to have been a moment when you were just freaking out. You know, even, even you, you know, you're incredible. So, and you're not a person that I imagine would freak out more often, but 
you know, can you can you walk us back to that and just give us a peek behind the curtain? You're a small business owner. Everybody knows that Jim suffered. You know, you can't you can't have you can't eat right every day. You can't be self-aware every moment of every day. Give give us a peek behind the curtain, please, because you know that's that's where I think if if you can help us to know how you get from that moment to this moment where you're sitting here strong and able to give us advice and, you know, help us understand a little bit more about that journey. Yeah. So that was obviously the unknown for everyone. And I think um, we knew in advance that there was a possibility coming that we were going to be closing. And immediately I started looking around. I reached out to some of my mentors. Uh, so let, me, let me stop you for a second. When you, I, when you knew that it was a possibility, Right. Please tell me at some point you just went into the bathroom and went, oh, my God. I mean, you just kind of (laughs) like had a moment. Please tell me that even you would have a moment, Sarah Longjoy. You know, I don't know. I am am very action-oriented, and so uh, one of my faults is I don't sit back and take enough time. I'm so we laugh. The manager that I have here in the Madison location, he and Rachel knows him very well. He analyzes everything like it to the point of it being like, Oh my gosh, you're overanalyzing and you're paralyzing yourself. What are you doing? Which is how I, I am, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I do not do that. I'm like aim, fire, shoot, let's go. <laughs> and so it, it was fun because he and I both. So when we got the orders that the gym was closing, um, I'm like, all right, let's meet. Let's get a game plan together. We're not closing. It is not an option for us to close down. We've got members that are relying on us, not only for their physical health, but for their mental health. Mm-hmm. And honestly, about 30 days in of us being closed, we were. I was dealing more with people reaching out to me, like I'm depressed and I'm not doing well. And it was more of a a life coach at that point. Like I had to flip my switch to be like, okay, you got to get it together. Like this is not the end of the world. Get back into your routine. And that was our main, that was our number one thing was we're going to keep everybody in routine as best as we can, whether we have to, Uh, you know, fit live on zoom, which is what we did, or we were called, we called every member pretty much every other day or week to check in, to ask how they were doing, um, sending emails, motivational stuff. We really had to step up our game um, as far as motivating because, you know, everyone's home and no one's thinking anything else other than I'm going to gain this quarantine 10 or 15. And we're, you know, we were fighting that battle. Like, no, you're not. Like, you're going to stay on track and you're going to get through this. It is and- interesting to me how I think, like, we all have, we have our gift to other people. So in that moment, what was a gift to yourself was to get get going, have something to do. You had people you needed to serve. There were a lot of actions to do, which was in itself what was needed. It was a gift to other people. So it's just interesting how that might that might not have been as hard for you as other people because it was calling on your core strengths that were needed at, at, at that very time. Right. Well, and honestly, as a business owner, like, you know, I was thinking, what are we going to do? Like, I've never been, um, you know, the stimulus checks and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, 
you know, I wasn't raised that way. I was raised, my parents were business owners. My granddad was a business owner. So I was raised, you get what you earn. And so I immediately was thinking, we have to keep business going. It is not an option any other way. Like our physical building may be closed, but there are so many ways. I mean, we could go to people's driveways and do things. We can give them our equipment. We can keep our business going. Um, now, was it exhausting? Um, Mary Scott, yes. And it was. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, probably the first month in, it was, you know, because one, I was personally trying to keep the staff motivated. Um, we pulled in our core team players and only kept them working and um, keeping them motivated, keeping myself motivated uh, was definitely um, emotional, I guess. So of these five advices, would you say if you're a, a, a ready, ready fire aim, uh, is it mindfulness that you have to really tell yourself to do stuff? Yes. You know? Yeah. Okay. A hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. And, and kind of on that note of what you were just talking about, Sarah, what are some of the challenges that you face as someone who very much works in, in the business? Your, your customers are taking classes from you. You're an essential worker in your own business, but you also have the responsibility and tasks of leading the company too, like making sure that your customers are happy and hiring and firing and managing personnel and thinking about the future and, you know, and, and pivoting and, and transforming and, and all of that. How do you approach and manage it all? And second part of that leadership question, do you have any thoughts on how to build a thriving company culture? Yeah. So working in the business, well, one, having a manager in the business is super awesome because I can simply say, well, you need to go talk to the manager about this. And uh, at the same time, I think that, I've really had to work hard over the years to work on my boundaries um, with others. And I really have improved on that over the years as far as when I'm working, when I'm teaching classes, when I'm in the gym, on the front line, my number one priority is the members. Um, I want to make sure that I'm delivering the service that I'm expecting my staff to deliver. So at that point, I'm wearing the hat of an employee, so I treat myself no different. And I think that the members, we have a, 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 a crazy strong family culture here. Um, it's like a big fitness family, I guess. And uh, the members really um, respect that. And I, it's taken a lot of discipline for myself to work on those boundaries and I'm still improving. I'm not hundred percent good at it, um, but I'm trying to get better, but just creating those boundaries when it comes to that, like I'm just an instructor right now teaching this class. If there's something else you need to talk about, you need to go talk to the manager. That's what I pay him to do. So that's worked out really well. And then on the flip side of that, um, you know, being the person behind the scenes that I'm very much a visionary. I'm uh, been in the industry for over, close to 25, 26 years now, I guess. So I've seen the industry evolve. Uh, my mentor is, um, has been in the industry, but since before I was born. And so I've got a lot of um, people that I rely on and that I look to for advice. And I try to make sure that once a week, I personally, with a low heart rate, behind closed doors in my office, take some time to evaluate our business um, see what we can do better. 
uh, my one of my other faults. I've given lots of faults today, but I'm very, I'm very aware of my faults. One of my other faults is that I don't, uh, I'm never satisfied, and I never um, think that like even myself wanting to get better, like. I'm never there. I don't believe that you ever really arrive until you like are in the face of Jesus. And I like, we never want to be satisfied. We never want to be okay being okay. And I think that that is kind of the culture that we create that our staff knows that we're going to do this and we're going to do it to the best of our ability. And we're going to continue to improve and get better. And I think that that is probably so important for culture, just not to get comfortable you know, we're pushing our members, our clients. We want you uncomfortable. We want you to sweat. We want you to breathe hard. We want you to get a little better today. Well, it's the same thing that we want for our team. We want them to get a little better too. Well, I can assure you that when I'm doing, I don't know, 100 burpees in a CrossFit session, <laughs> followed by all those deadlifts and I don't know, jumping over boxes and things, I'm highly uncomfortable. So you are achieving your goal. Sarah, do you have one last big, I don't know, piece of advice or tip for 2021? I think that keep striving to be your best you. I think that so many people underestimate really how awesome they are and keep striving to be, believe in yourself and, and keep looking for those, you know, listen to podcasts like this and look for uh, female leaders like you guys that you can constantly improve yourself. Thank you so much, Sarah. I'm sure everybody can understand why you are such an inspiration to me. Sarah's gyms are CrossFit Madison and Empire Fitness in Madison, Alabama, Empire Fitness South in Huntsville, and CrossFit Athens in Athens. You can find a lot of her resources on the Empire Fitness Facebook page. She does a Facebook Live video every week with Jeremy Bailey, who she mentioned, and other guests. I always catch the recordings, highly recommend them. They're very inspiring, good source of information. Sarah also mentioned her virtual fitness classes. So Sarah, how do people access those if they want to sign up? Yes, yeah, so all of our members have access to those. We have a private group page that we send out all the links every night. And also um, anyone can go on to the website, uh, theempirefitness.com and check those out. And we can let you try them. You can personally message me and I can get you set up on those classes, but you can do the classes from home at any time. Thank you so much. Well, Bell Curve is brought to you by Higher Echelon Incorporated. Find Higher Echelon at higherechelon.com and on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. And connect with us at bellcurvepodcast.com or at Bell Curve Pod on the socials. Thank you for taking the time to leave us a review wherever you download your podcasts, and we will see you next time.